0: Amen. Welcome, everyone, uh, today. And if you've been a part of the Family Vacation Series, today is the final one. And you heard Eric mention earlier, um, and I want to put in context who I am. Uh, I'm not the pastor here, uh, but this whole series started with Pastor Mike. And if you think of it in baseball terms, he's kind of the starting pitcher, uh, the best pitcher we have. And then you saw what the bullpen looked like, pretty deep in the bullpen, uh, with Pastor Nate, uh, Pastor Bill, Pastor Bill. Pastor Tony, but if you ever watch a ball game and they have to uh, go to the bullpen early in the game, it goes very deep, and then they start to, uh, asking other fielders who 's had some pitching experience and one guy says, "Well, I used to pitch back in the nine and ten year old minors and they say, "Put him in well that 's what you got today um, uh, but my name My name is John Bowman. Um, uh, many of you have probably seen me because me and my wife and my family we serve in the kids' area downstairs and um, so we get to see your kids every day and uh, you'll hear a glimpse of, of what I teach the kids because it's uh, you see on your outline ABC and that's a lot what I talk to the kids because the gospel is simple. Uh, but a few weeks ago we did the, the welcome or I did the welcome message and, and explained why I enjoy working in the kids area because statistically more kids or more people in general come to Christ at a young age uh, statistically than any other age. Uh, and we want to impact uh, the the kingdom of heaven in the greatest way possible. Uh, so we serve uh, your children um, each and every day and tell them about Jesus. But this is my family, and we're at a fiesta. This is a few months ago. Um, my oldest son is on the far right uh, with his newlywed. They got married uh, back on June the 11th, and this was uh, the wedding shower. And then my my other two children, and one you'll, you'll meet towards the end. He's going to come on stage and help me with something, and then uh, my lovely wife on the on the far right. I did outkick my coverage, so um, uh, she's 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 a pretty lady. Um, but outside of this, uh, I work in the kids area here. But outside of here, I work at Hope Inspired Ministries. Uh, it's a nonprofit, and um, Journey Church actually supports us both uh, financially. Uh, so when you give to Journey, you're given to help change lives through Hope Inspired Ministries. And then we have many volunteers that come through here. One of the uh, stories I'll share today, his mentor actually goes to church here, Nathan Bridgman, and he comes by weekly and pours into Trey, which I'll show that in a minute. But this is our mission statement. Uh, Hope Inspired Ministry serves the chronically unemployed by preparing and equipping them to obtain, maintain, uh, and excel at employment. I underline an excel, and it's on your sheet there, because God wants us all to excel Uh, When I'm recruiting a student to our program, uh, we constantly have to talk them into wanting better, uh, but they start to settling in life uh, for less when God created top shelf for each and every one of us. He he has purpose for us. uh, He has a plan for us. Uh, So what we do at Hope Inspired Ministries is workforce development with a heavy dose of social work. And Jesus is the greatest social worker ever. Um, meeting the individual needs. So they'll come to us with uh, addiction background. They'll come to us from incarceration. Um, They'll come to us uh, with uh, no father figure coming up in the home uh, or maybe their mother uh, was working and they raised themselves at home. Uh, No transportation, no identification. So while we teach valuable job skills, we're also breaking down those individual barriers. Uh, But we start each day uh, with sharing the gospel to them. Uh, through the we do devotion with them each and every day because that is the foundation to them, uh, and and just this just this um, past week I had the opportunity to go and speak to a prison uh, in Elmore and you know was talking to them about the very basic of what you're going to hear today, uh, and that's the gospel, that's the gospel, and and I always tell them the foot of the cross is level, uh, I'm not talking at them I'm talking with them and I'm not talking at you today I'm talking with you, uh, I need Jesus. And I know you do too. Um, so, this is, this is what I do. I encourage you to go check out the website, hopeinspiredministries.org. I will share some student stories today, but would love for you to see what we do and what you participate in changing lives. So, today's message is simple. Um, you know, I, I, I may talk like a child. I guess that's why they have me in the children's ministry. Um, but, but I want to keep it simple. And so th- I thought I could start with some dad jokes, um, or simple jokes. I'm sorry, not dad jokes, but simple jokes. My kids say they're dad jokes, but, uh, to start with, why did the nurse need a red pen at work in case she needed to draw some blood, you know, red pen to draw blood. They get better. They get better. Uh, my kids didn't laugh at all of them and my wife didn't either. So that's okay. Um, Two artists had an art contest. The unfortunate thing is it ended in a draw. Um, and this one, I, I did get uh, 100% laugh at home when I tried it, so hopefully I do here as well. Uh, but how do you make a tissue dance? You put a little boogie in it. <laughs> <laughs> or a big boogie, however you want to look at it. Um, but th- those are simple, simple jokes um, but, you know, really and truly, if you, if you read the New Testament, and Jesus keeps things simple. He talks in parables. Uh, I've got two examples today. Uh, the religious leaders try to overcomplicate things. We try to overcomplicate things. We try to make the gospel hard. But it is really simple. Uh, and coming home to Jesus is simple and safe, but there's only one way. So this whole vacation series uh, we're talking about coming home today, and the ultimate coming home is when you ask Jesus into your heart. It's simple, but yet it's it's the greatest decision ever. And this room may be full of Christians, um, but you know, statistically speaking, I know that there's some in here that do not know Jesus. They don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Those of you who do may take today's message and and say, I need to apply that to sharing the gospel. Uh, to people at work. Jesus don't want to meet you on Sunday at church. He wants to meet you seven days a week, all through the week. Um, But uh, you can put a GPS code in and get to Panama City a couple of different ways, and you can get off course, and it'll say all these things. Uh, But Jesus is simple. It's one way, one way. And in John 14, 6, he says, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, So the gospel is simple. I'm going to share to you today about the prodigal son. Um, And, you know, for years I've read the prodigal son and thought that there's, you know, just really about the one son, but there's really two sons and both of them, both of them were lost. Both of them needed Jesus. Oftentimes we may, we may look at the prodigal son and talk about them or they need Jesus. Uh, You know, you see someone messing up, But just like I spoke to the prison, we all need Jesus. Um, And I want to give a shameless plug for uh, life groups. Me and my wife, we lead a life group each and every week. And we always do a marriage life group because we want to invest in our own marriage. Uh, And we're not leading marriage life group because we're qualified. We're leading marriage life group because we want to make an intentional investment into our marriage and if you look at it from the financial aspect, if you never invest any money, don't expect any return. Uh, so to invest in those. And I want to share uh, just a quick story about life groups. Um, you know, I've, some guys, we went to a men's retreat or a men's, you can't call a men's group retreat. We went to a men's gathering um, in Birmingham. And they had a, a, an analogy where they talked about a renegade buffalo. And a renegade buffalo is a huge animal. I mean, it's, it's massive. And they talked about a little bitty small prairie dog, and they said that this little bitty small prairie dog could easily defeat this huge buffalo. And the only reason it's possible is because that little bitty prairie dog never operates alone. The renegade buffalo always operates alone. So the pack of the prairie dogs can easily defeat them. That's what a life group is. When you surround yourself with others, you will have success because when you go down, they will pick you up, and you operate together. And in today's story, the prodigal son, you'll see him. He was a renegade. He left on his own uh, and, was, and was in a pig pen by himself. Uh, but when he returned home, he returned home to that small group, that family. Uh, and it was a, it's a beautiful picture at the end of it. So the, the first line in your, in your outline there is um, A, and that's basic. Admit you're a sinner. Admit you are a sinner. Um, and the prodigal son had to come to grasp with that concept, and uh, we'll start in the reading of that. But uh, to illustrate this point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons And I really want to point out the two sons, because to be honest, I never really thought of the other son, uh, but the other son was as lost as this son was. As I began to talk about this one son leaving home, not one time did you hear the older brother try to get the younger brother to stop. Why did he not try to get him to stop? Because he wanted him out of the house. He wanted him out of his inheritance. Uh, The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. And I don't want to pass the the story of love and how the Father loves us. Uh, I asked Jesus into my, at, into my heart at an early age, and you know, for me, it was... Uh, it was kind of an option thing. It was either heaven or hell, and I was like, well, you know, give me heaven. Uh, you know, that's a, a clear no-brainer, but, you know, as I have grown closer and closer to God, God wants to do life with us now, and the reason He, he loves us so much, and in this story is a, pic, a perfect picture of love. If you think back to uh, the inheritance, um, you were not allowed to get an inheritance until your father died. So he was basically wishing his dad to die. But yet, as you hear on into the story, the father loved his son so much, what he did, it didn't matter. His love overrode that. And our past don't determine our future. Our God does. He loves us incredible, an incredible amount beyond our understanding. Um, But I got a a bucket here, and uh, this bucket kind of illustrates our life. Um, and, And we go through life a lot like this prodigal son. You know, it's real easy to think that that's them, but it's not them, it's us. You know, we go through life like this, you know, with open end trying to fill up our lives. You know, we try to fill it up with, you know, uh, careers. You know, we think if we can just get one more promotion, it's going to do it. If we can just get one more dollar, you know, that's going to be enough. It's like the old guy code commercial. You know, you, you, you almost catch it on the fishing pole when he moves it so far away. You never catch the dollar. You know, I tell people I used to be addicted to money, thinking, you know, if I just got this amount, if I just got this amount, everything's going to be okay. But everything you put in this bucket, if I was putting water in here, it would pour straight out. It's the same way with our lives. It may be relationships. It may be relationships. If I can just get that right one, they're going to make all the difference. But it, there's, it doesn't. It doesn't. It may be an addiction. A lot of our students and in Hope Inspired Ministries will come to us with addiction background. If I can just get one more high, that's going to be enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. Uh, and we go through life just like the prodigal son, trying to fill it up. I've known people that education, if I could just get one more degree, nope, that didn't work, I'm going to get one more. Nope, that didn't work. Or I, it raised at work. If I could get one more raise, that doesn't work. Uh, but we go through life just like that, And and I want to share one of our student stories uh, from Hope Inspired Ministries. And uh, at Hope Inspired Ministries, we have five different campuses. We have one in Montgomery, and this is our 10-year anniversary. We started in 2012, and we expanded to Birmingham uh, and Lowndes County, opened a campus in Lowndes County in uh, 2020. And then uh, we opened one at Alabama Department of Youth Services and Mount Megs, and then in the background here, you see the Foundry Ministries. It's a, a year-long addiction treatment program in Bessemer, uh, and we partner with them, and we go in and teach their participants um, our curriculum and Hope-Inspired Ministries. Uh, but this young man sitting here, his name is Jeff, and he was uh, in our program in the Montgomery campus and uh, did really well, and it's, it's never too late in your life to get it right. Uh, Jeff was 66 years old, uh, homeless, uh, and when he came to us, he had addiction background. He was just like the prodigal son. He was going through life. He's been doing it for, you know, 66 years, trying to fill up his life, and it, did, it didn't work. You know, but we'll we'll keep trying. If I can just keep trying, keep trying. It doesn't work. I'm here to tell you, stop today. It doesn't work. Uh, but Jeff um, was... Our program is nine weeks, and he was eight and a half weeks in um, when he didn't make it. He didn't, he didn't complete the program. Um, we had him in safe housing, and he relapsed. Um, he relapsed on, on uh, a drug, his drug, that he chooses and uh, became homeless again. And, and we went on a rescue mission to try to find him. And I found him at, if you're familiar with Montgomery, on uh, Madison Square Shop and at Center, Atlanta Highway. Um, uh, right at Ann Street, where it comes into it, and uh, I first pulled up, he was sitting on the curb, and I said, Hey, jeff, get in the car man let's let 's talk about this and and he wouldn 't he refused to, so I went and parked my car and I went up and I sat on the on the curb right outside family dollar and 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 tried to talk him into coming back home, uh, just like the prodigal son, trying to come back home and I used this story um, from John chapter Five. And I've used it several times um, to try to, uh, and I talked to a guy after the first service um, for him to use it with another guy that he's trying to get help. Uh, but to, to lead into the story, there's a pool of Bathsheba in the Bible. And the pool of Bathsheba, an angel would come down and stir the waters and, and create a healing pool, and the people would get in the healing pool to, to become healed. And there was a, a, a lame man sitting by the pool, and he had been lame for 38 years. Uh, but I don't want us to get caught into to him because this story is for us. You know, what are we caught into? What is, uh, what is holding us back? You know, are you having problems at work uh, because you truly think it's about that and not about God? Are you holding back on your marriage? Um, you know, and I learned this in our marriage life group. So this was a marriage analogy. Uh, but there are illnesses in our own life uh, that are holding us back from God creating us uh, that, that glory. He wants us. He created you with high value and high purpose, but we let Satan's lies creep in and tell us otherwise and different. Uh, but I want to read this uh, first paragraph here. But when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he knew he'd been ill for 38 years. He knows what you're dealing with. And he knows how long you've been dealing with it. Maybe an addiction. I don't know. But he knows exactly what it is. Um, but he he knew he had been ill for a long time, and he asked him, and I want you to put yourself, whatever situation you have in your life, uh, it may be he wants you to serve in the kids' ministry. I got a spot for you down there. Uh, it may be that he wants you to lead a life group. Next next week, not only are they are having baptisms, but they're having life group training. You know, It may be that you don't need to sign up for a life group. It may be that you need to lead a life group. But maybe you're like this young man by the pool and saying, you know, I, I, I've been doing it for 38 years. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ready, okay? But Jesus is saying this question to you. He's saying this question to you. Would you like to get well? Would you like to get well? And, and I, I said this prayer right on Madison Square on the curb with Jeff. And Jeff did like each and every one of us do. He said, well, I can't. Have we not ever said that? Anytime someone has asked you to serve, we're quick to say, I can't. Or even if, if I say, you know, Jesus wants you. Sometimes we think that i got to get cleaned up before I can ask Jesus into my life. That's what Jeff said. He said, you know what, I, I've got I've to get clean before I can come to the Father. You cannot clean yourself. You have to have Jesus. That's you trying to do enough good. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, And I told Jeff it was a yes or no question, and it's a yes or no for you too. Whether you're struggling today to ask Jesus in your heart, it's yes or no. It's a yes or no. If you don't answer, that's a no. Jesus says, do you want to get well? He says, I can't, sir, and he begins to make excuses like we all do. The sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets ahead of me. But if you say yes, this next paragraph is for you. This man had been there for 38 years. He had been in his struggle. He had been in his problem for 38 years. And Jesus said, do you want to get well? And Jesus said, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. He's waiting on us. He is literally waiting on us to stand up because only, only Jesus can fill this void in our lives. No relationship, no job, no drug, no addiction. Only Jesus can fill it. And I made Jeff say yes or no. I mean, it's that simple. You can't get away with maybe, you yes or no. If you say no, I'll leave. Uh, and he had to say yes. And he got in my car and he's now, uh, I took him to the foundry in this picture. Uh, but we have to turn that, turn that cup up. Um, so in your slides there, are you living a horizontal or are you living vertical? Are you living for yourself? Are you trying to allow the earthly things to fill you up? It's just like this cup. If I was saying, I can't get this thing full of water, you'd call me crazy and say, will not you turn it up? Well, that's your life. You want to know why you're not getting things right at work? It's not your boss. The boss is not the enemy. There's only one enemy, and that's Satan. Turn to God. Turn to him, and he's the only one that can fill that inner peace uh, that, we're, that we're all Dealing with, um, so a admit you're a sinner. Admit you've messed up. Admit admit that you know. While you may not have uh, gone out like the prodigal son, uh, you know the foot of the cross is level. We all need Jesus. Um, the second part here is is we have to believe uh, in Jesus, and you know, the, oftentimes we may overlook the work. Uh, that the prodigal son had to do. He didn't just hop out of the pig pen. There's work. There's work to come back. But when you trust God, uh, it's just like going into the gym. If if, if you're not feeling the struggle, then you're not growing. Uh, Your muscles have to feel those things. Uh, But when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And the hired servants were the lowest position on the farm. Uh, Even the the slaves on the farm had had housing on the farm, had food on the farm. The hired servants were out. They had to travel to and from and didn't get anything. So he was saying even those guys had it better than where he was. Um, So I have I will go home to my father and say father I have sinned against both heaven and you and I am no longer worthy Of being called your son, please take me as a hired servant. So, was it authentic? Did he truly believe? Absolutely. He was. He admitted he was there, and he truly believed that his father was better than where he was at. And our father is our heavenly father. That's asking Jesus into your heart. That's what he's relaying here to us. And he was saying, "Hey, I'll I'll be. I'll be the lowest guy on the totem pole. I just want to be in the presence of my father." So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embracing him and kissing him. But you remember back, this is the same son that wished his dad was dead so he could get his inheritance. you got to know that your past doesn't keep you from him. Your father wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with your children. He wants a relationship with your co-workers. He wants a relationship with his children, period. There's nothing you can do to separate you from the Heavenly Father. Um, He said to his son, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. You know, uh, God wants us to come home and he may have said, I'll come home as a hired servant. But his father said, no, there's a lot more greatness for my son. There's a lot more greatness for you. He has a higher calling on your life than you'll ever imagine, but you have to come home to Him. You have to give God everything. You can't get some things to fill that up. It has to go completely up, hands off, and trust in the Father. That's what coming home is. That's what trusting the Father is. Um, and I want to share another um, student story, and I've, I've got a video in a second, but this is Trey. So Trey is currently in our class, and this Trey's, uh, each student that we have gets a mentor at Hope Inspired Ministries, and uh, Nathan Bridgman, who who goes to church here, is his mentor. So he comes by weekly, has lunch with him, and, and is like a father figure to him. Uh, you know, Trey's background is he he lived with his mom, and his mom put him out of the house. Uh, he lived in Lowndes County, and he was homeless. Uh, so we were able to, to intervene to get him into shelter in Montgomery uh, and get him into the program. And, you know, he, he started to progress along, and probably along uh, week four of the program, uh, we had a speaker to come in, and, and, and Trey started asking questions about the gospel, asking questions about Jesus, asking questions about what you're learning today. The ABCs, admitting I'm a sinner. You know, all these things I did don't keep me from heaven. All these things don't keep me from Jesus. No, no. You know, and, and he started asking those questions, and then he did the beat. He did just like this prodigal son. He said, you know what? God's way is, is, no matter what, is 100 times better than the way that I've been trying it. And he said, I believe Jesus died for me. And he asked Jesus into his heart. He asked Jesus into his heart uh, right there in the class. And then you have to be in church, you know. So your co-workers need to hear Jesus. Um, and then following that, it was a couple of days later, uh, the, the pastor that was actually sharing with him, uh, invited us to this church so we took a field trip to the church right in the middle of the day uh and and trey got baptized uh this was right after that i got him to do a little video we we took several takes uh but it's a short video but but wanted you to hear his excitement and also the the point that you know his way is not good enough and he he realized that and now he's ready to try it god's way so let's let's watch this video hey how you doing my name is trey um I'm telling you, hope-inspired ministry. Not too long ago, a speaker came into the classroom, and the Lord really spoke to me. I've been reading the Bible for a minute, but I wanted to take the extra mile and get baptized. So I decided to get baptized, and I did it today. And it really does feel amazing Um, when you go up under the water and you come back. Everything that you've never felt, it really it really be washed away from you. You, you. you can feel it. I just, I've been living wrong for a long time. Man. I just wanted to do the right thing and try it on God's way. And that's what I'm going to do. Hey. <laughs> you know, and, and we did another video, and I told him I was going to be speaking to you guys today. And And on that video, he said, I came home, and you can too. You know, Jesus is for everybody, and it says raised to life, and, and there's no greater, next week is baptism, uh, but there's no greater picture of whatever your problem is, washing it in Jesus, you know, giving it to Jesus, and turning it up because his way is uh, 500 times better than the way that we try it. Uh, so you've got admit you're a sinner, be, believe that Jesus died for you, and these are the only three things you've got to do to ask Jesus into your heart. And the next one uh, is C, and that's choose. Choose. You know, and it's, it's up to us uh, to choose Jesus. I heard a, um, a, a comedian one time uh, that was, he's a Christian comedian, uh, but he was talking about the gospel, and he said he wished that, you know, he could literally go around scaring the hell out of people, you know, scaring them out. He would be going around going, boo. Boo. You know, and I wish I could do that or hit him in the head with the Bible, but it doesn't work like that. God loves us enough to allow you to choose, to allow you to choose, just like the father and the prodigal son. He gave him his inheritance. He said, you want to go try it your way? It's up to you. It's up to us. We have to make that decision to choose. Um, And in the story of the prodigal son, one of the brothers, they did choose, and that was the prodigal son. But the other son he didn't choose. And the story's kind of left, left there. Jesus doesn't tell us whether or not he, he chose or not. And that goes back to us. The choice is ours. Uh, but let's read this together. And I want you to really think about the other brother, because it's real easy to get caught up in thinking of the first one. But at the second one, I want you to put yourself there, because he did a lot of good work. But none of the good work he did filled his life up. Meanwhile, The older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. There was a life group in there. They were celebrating Jesus. Uh, And he asked one of the servants, what was going on? Your brother's back, he was told. And your father was killed, has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. So he wouldn't come home. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all of these years I've been enslaved for you and never once refused to do anything you told me to do. So he's done a lot of good. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, and it, it never said anything about prostitutes in there. So is, is this brother indicating what he would use the money for? He created that. In his mind, is that what is happening here? Um, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by my side, and everything I have is yours. And back to the the way the inheritance works, the younger son got one-third of his inheritance. Supposedly after he died is when he was going to get it. Well, the other son got his third plus the father's third. So two-thirds of everything was his, but it was not enough because it won't fill you up. Uh, We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead. And has come home, back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And before this story in the Bible, they talk about the one lost sheep. And, and when one, one comes back, I mean, it's a party. I mean, I just imagine, you know, I, I get the chance to, to pray with the kids downstairs when one of them asks Jesus in. I mean, it sends chi- you know, chills up my spine. Uh, but I know there's a party going on in heaven. There's a celebration like this because, because that child has said, you know what? I'm going to give my life to Jesus. And it is a choice. You admit you're a sinner, believe that Jesus died for you, but then see, you've got to choose, even when it don't make sense. There's a story that, that really illustrates this point of it's just a yes or no, and the decision is yours. Uh, there was a group of people, and you had Jesus on one side and Satan on the other side, and the group of people were picking sides. You know, many picked Jesus, but unfortunately some picked Satan. And there was a fence that kind of separated the two properties together. And, and one guy was sitting on the fence just kind of watching everything going on. Uh, and, and Jesus took those who picked, and they went on, and Satan got his guys, and they went on, and both were gone. About 15 minutes later, Satan came back, and he was looking, just kind of looking around like he had lost something. And the guy on the fence said, uh, what you looking for? And Satan, when he said that, he looked at him and said, oh, there you are. Come on, let's go. We got, it's time to go. And the guy on the fence, he said, oh, no, I didn't pick you. I'm just sitting here on the fence. And Satan said, oh, that's okay. I own the fence. So there is no middle of the road. Just like Jeff, the answer is yes or the answer is no. But we have to make that decision. We have to make the decision. Uh, Just like Jeff earlier, he was trying to figure things out in his head. God doesn't call you to figure things out. Uh, I love Psalms 23 where it says in in the presence of your enemies, right in the midst of your problems, okay, they're not going to go away, but right in the midst of your problems, God will prepare a feast. I like to say, you know, God will turn your haters into your elevators. But right there in the midst of it, He will do that. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to make sense to us. When you try to make things make sense, you make the gospel hard instead of simple. But it is truly simple. If you don't know Jesus, you got to have him. you got to have him in your life. Um, so I want to call uh, uh, Eli. He's my youngest son. I, I I got him on my socks up here, but he, he wanted to come on the stage too because uh, I needed somebody to help me with this analogy. Um, and, and the person helping me has got to play God. So he said, oh, I can do that. I can do that. Uh, but he's going to bring this up here while I read this. But uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. He don't want you to figure it out. Okay? Jeff was trying to figure it out. He said, that's not what I'm asking. Do you want to get well? But I want to give this bike illustration and kind of show you what happens in my life, you know, may, maybe it doesn't happen in, in your life, uh, but this is, this is how it goes down, and, and Eli's going to be playing God. He said he can do that really well, you know. Uh, so, but, but right now, he's off the bike. This bike represents my life, um, and, and throughout my life, I'm, I'm going through, you know, and, and I'm riding my life doing things within my power. Okay, trying to trust my own instincts. And this happens to all of us. But as we go through life, we're wrecking and we're crashing. And we may may cry out to God saying, God, where are you at? Here at work, I've got all these problems. In my marriage, I've got all these problems. Within my addiction, I can't stop this addiction. But we're we're trying to do it. We may cry out to him because we heard it at church. But God God don't want you to cry out to him. He wants you to turn your bucket up. But yet we're still steadily trying to do it in our own power, trying harder. And the harder we try, the harder we fall. Running in the ditches, running in the dead ends. Maybe it's getting fired from a job. Whatever that problem is. But as you can see, there's an empty seat on my bike. There's an emptiness within me. And so y'all are sitting here saying, Why don't you put God in your life? So I'm like, okay, that's a good idea. So I invite God into my life, but I got two choices. What seat am I going to put him in? Hey, God, hey, I need you. I need you, but I need you in the back seat. I need you in the back seat. So now I'm like, Whoo! thank goodness. Now I got that peace. I got God in my life. You know, he's in the back seat, but I got him. I got him there. So I'm still, I'm still going through life trying to do my own thing. Still running in, still crashing. I'm like, man, what, what's going on? I mean, I asked, I asked Jesus in my heart, but I'm still crashing. Okay? And then I notice he's starting to tap me and, and point and I'm like, uh oh, I ain't ready. I ain't ready to go over there. I'm still and I start wrestling with God in my own life. Because I'm still trying to do it with my own power. And I'm still trying to drive and now I'm, now I'm trying to wreck him too. Okay? But he's steadily telling me which way to go, and it's and it's and it's me ignoring him, saying, uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh, Maybe maybe later. I can't right now because I gotta meet this deadline. I got to do this. I got to I got to study to get this promotion. I got to make more money. We're going to do that in a little while. God don't want you to wait. He wants you to surrender. He wants you to surrender completely. 100%. Not 50. So, you know, in my life I'm like, you know what? I got this backwards. I need God up front in my life, you need to drive, you need to drive this so then I, I say, hey God, you know, you take the front seat and then I get, I get in the back seat but guess what I start doing back here you know, like God's tapping me on my shoulders I'm still trying to control the situation so all of a sudden I start, hey, 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 hey let's, let's go this way, let's go that way but that still ain't the right way and then I try to tell him, say, God, I want this, you know, I want that. I want that job. If I can't have that job, I ain't gonna be happy. If that ain't what one wants for you, then you won't be happy. But we have to come to a point in our lives and quit fighting God and completely surrender to Him. And the only way you do that is to put yourself directly behind God. Will the road get rough? Will there be times when you don't see what he wants for you? Yes. But he doesn't call you to figure things out. He calls you to trust him. Trust him. You know, in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plan for you. You don't know it. So quit trying to figure it out. And you get behind him and you stay. Will the road be rough? But look who's driving. God made you. He made the earth. Trust him in all aspects of that. So, thank, y'all thank Eli for helping up here, yeah. But, you know, in, in 20, Jeremiah 29, 11, it, it doesn't just say he knows the plans for you. There are plans to prosper. His way is better. But you have to do, like this verse says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, okay? You can't invest 50% and expect to get 100%. All right, my life wasn't going good until I allowed God not just to come to church with me on Sunday, but to go to work with me on Monday. He wants to go with you. He wants to be in your marriage. He wants to be in your parenting. He wants to be in your friends. So make that decision to say, you know what? I'm going to trust God and do it His way. His way. So um, as we prepare for kind of the next steps and, and to close this down, um, Join a life group. Don't be that renegade buffalo. You know, you've got to have people around you to lift you up. Uh, there's a, a small group training next week for life groups. Me and my wife made that decision a long time ago to say, you know what? If we want our marriage to, to uh, you know, grow by like, a, you know, 50%, 100% uh, return on your investment, then we've got to make those time. we got to put time into it. You know, all too often we're sitting up in the front seat not giving God any time in our lives, expecting big things to happen. They won't happen. They won't happen until you trust God with everything, your finances. You know, money is a huge struggle. Give it to God, and and all of a sudden it's no longer a struggle. I tell people all the time, if you want a blessing, you got to be a blessing. You have to be a blessing uh, and when you give that up, then you find peace. You find peace in your life. Um, I've got U you, U uh, version Bible devotion. If you're not on U version, do it. Uh, there's a a, a a small app on there, and there's I've got uh, two guy groups at this church uh, that do it every day. I, I did it this morning. That's where I got the Jeremiah 29:11. It talked about that very thing this morning. Uh, but there's a group of guys. Uh, that that do a devotion each and every day, and it provides accountability. It provides support. It provides time in the Bible, which equals growth in my own life. Uh, It gives him direct fill-up. But you've got to give him every day of your life. You do. You have to. If you want to join that, one of the guys that wants to join our group, get with me afterwards. I'd love to have you in that group. Um, And baptism is next Sunday. I encourage you, if if you've made the decision to follow Jesus, to do like Trey. You know, I tell the kids all the time when they ask Jesus in, it's like putting on the Jesus jersey. It's letting folks know whose team you're on. I got Jesus. Yes, I do. I got Jesus. How about you? This middle question, you know, there's, there's no greater question in the world. You know, whether or not you go to work Monday doesn't matter. Whether you go get in your car, it doesn't matter. Where are you going to eat for lunch? It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is do you know Jesus? Do you? Whatever struggle you're in, Jesus is sitting there saying, hey, here I am. Jesus stood right by the beggar, or right by the lame man for 38 years. And he said, hey, here, here I am. Do you want to get well? He's asking you the same thing. Do you want to get well? This is how you get well. You ask Jesus into your heart. You admit that you're broken in need of a repairer. You admit that you're a sinner and you've messed up. And you believe just like the prodigal son. That was authentic. That was authentic. He said, you know what? I'll come back as a higher servant. Just let me in the fold. And then see, you choose. You ask Jesus into your heart, and you don't have to wait till you get things right. You don't have to wait till next Sunday. You can do that today, and just know that there's no greater decision ever. It's simple, oh, but it's the most important thing you'll ever do. Will you do it today? Will you, will you come home? Trey said that in this other video. He came home. You can too. Let's bow our heads. Dear Gracious and Heavenly Father, uh, you know, in a a room of this size, I know statistically uh, that that there's some that don't know you. You know, dear Lord, I I want you to speak to them at this moment. You know, there's no greater decision ever than to ask Jesus into our hearts. Uh, You tell us in John 14, 6, you are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through you. There's no other way. There's not an alternate route. We can't take a, a shortcut or a long cut to get there. The only way is through Jesus. And you do that by simply asking him in your heart. If there's anybody here that does not know Jesus, I want you to simply repeat after me. If you want to ask Jesus into your heart, to simply re- just repeat this. This is, what, this is how I talk to the kids. It's not hard. Step A is to, A, admit I'm a sinner. Admit I'm broken. Admit I mess up. Uh, I have squandered it all. I have tried everything. My bucket was sideways and nothing worked. I know it. I messed up. But thank goodness my path don't determine my future. My God does, and I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me. And then see, this is it. I mean, this is this is literally you change your life forever. And Jesus says, Do you want to get well? And if you said yes, boom, just like that, he's in your heart. He's in your heart. You know, and, and if you prayed that prayer as I repeated it, you know, with eyes still bowed, I want you to raise your hand and say, you know what? If a kid down there raises his raises his or her hand and says, I want Jesus, if it's good for kids, I want to prove statistics wrong. More kids come to Christ, but there's nothing to say an adult can't come to Him. I want you to slip your hand up and say, you know what? I've been riding a bike by myself, and I want Jesus in my life. I want you to slip your hand up now and just say, Jesus, I need you. I want you. i got to have you in my life so that I can have that peace. You know, and there's, there's others in here that, that perhaps... You've been on the front seat and you may have Jesus in your life and he's tapping you on your shoulder, wanting you to lead a life group, wanting you to serve. If you're not serving, hey, you're you're missing a blessing. It is such a blessing to serve others. What is God asking you to do? Get out in the front seat and get in the back seat and let God drive your life. That's how he made you. That's how he designed you. You won't find peace until you do that. You'll keep wrecking your bike. You'll keep wrecking your marriage. you keep wrecking uh, your job. you keep wrecking your finances. And it'll be a broken record. But the the answer is simple. It is so simple. Give it to him and let him do it. The prayer prayer team will be down front. Uh, They're going to play a song. And and I encourage you, if you need to come down front and get things right with God, if you need to come down front and say, God, I'm sorry for trying to drive my bike. I want you to take the lead. I want you to take the handlebars. I want you to drive this bike. I encourage you to come down front and get that right with him.